steady diet of music. Welcome to Steady Diet of Music, a bi-weekly fix of opinions by musicians. This is episode one, and we are your hosts. I'm Brandon. I'm Andy. I'm Dan. I play the drums. Hey, if you're listening to this when it's published, you could say you're here from the beginning, because this is our very first episode. You know, we're recording on Hanukkah. Do you guys know that? Do you guys know it's Hanukkah right now? It is. Barely, but yes. It's barely Hanukkah or you barely knew it? No, I mean, I, I barely know it's Hanukkah. I always forget about Hanukkah. Like, I'm Jewish and I don't even know it. So I don't pay attention to it. Happy Hanukkah to half of no effects and Andy. Do you, I, you know, speaking of holidays, the holiday season is upon us. Do you guys like holiday music? Nope. My wife does. There's There's a couple of good ones out there, you know, but I mean, the world plays everything too much, you know, come October. And I just can't do it. I can't. I, I kind of like holiday music. I like. I like the classics. You know what I mean. Um, uh, the choir of bells is the only one I really dig. Our next episode is choir? actually going to be a top three Christmas music, Christmas songs. So this will be interesting to hear oh, you guys not I'm liking cool that. I yeah. know where that's going. No, I mean I like Christmas music, but I mean I don't know. <clears throat> vandal's christmas album yeah <laughs> exactly that's a given no but i mean i, I like the classics as well mm-hmm. um, but my wife plays it basically from <laughs> halloween until uh, till halloween yeah basically yeah, <laughs> halloween halloween. she was listening to it in july and watching hallmark christmas movies yeah all right so guys what were you just listening to andy what were you just listening to um cowboy dan by modest mouse <laughs> believe it or not oh man are you serious yeah, this is no, crazy. I, I'm dead serious. And I was like, oh, because this and it was perfect. I'm like, because we were we were part of an era. And that was part of one of our eras where we, we really got into Modest Mouse at one point. You know? We did. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That's the last song I heard. No kidding. You know, you know what's funny? Yeah, for sure. I'm not kidding. I, I'll show you my iPhones. My iPhones. I have multiple. I was just listening to Bukowski <laughs> yeah. by Modest, Modest Mouse. Mouse. That's weird. Oh, wow. See, yeah, no. I don't, no, they, they still rotate in and out of my playlist, man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't yeah. listen to them as much as I did, but yeah, we got obsessed with them. And funny, you know, Modest Mouse wasn't that popular for a while. And I was like, why does mm-hmm. nobody listen to them? And then good news for people that love bad news came out. And I was like, they're not that good when everybody started no, listening to them. That, but I didn't like them. I mean, it's what you heard on the radio too. It's one of yeah. those bands you're like, ugh. And then you hear their record, like their earlier records. You're like, wow, they're yeah. really good. You know, I mean, they didn't go pop you I, know, until they yeah. were I, I mean, it or whatever. I got a little hipster about it because I was like, nobody listens to them and they should. And then when they did, I was like, no, nah. I don't like them anymore. Yeah. <sighs> but I, that album has really grown on me and I like it quite a bit. Yeah. Dan, what were you just yep. listening to? The Aquabats? Because that's the sweater you're wearing. <laughs> it was not the Aquabats. I was actually just listening to the radio and I thought it would be fun. Like halfway here, I was like, I'm just listening to the radio. I'm like, I think that's a good idea. Maybe hopefully it'll end on something ridiculous. It wasn't too ridiculous, but it was a uh, hot for teacher by Van Halen. There you go. Oh, I think I There's- like the way it opens. Doesn't it open with some like pretty amazing drums? Yeah. It almost yeah. sounds like a motorcycle. Like it's like revving up like, yeah, it sounds like a triple kick. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like a triple kick. And then, 
So yeah. it's a really good intro. It's probably actually, honestly, one of the only Van Halen songs uh, that I like. I agree with that. And I love the commentary throughout the song. Like, oh, I think the clock is slow. You know, I don't feel tardy. <laughs> and like a little guitar. I would love playing that on guitar. Yeah. It's always a fun little ditty. You right. know? Yeah. Absolutely. It's fun. The drums are fun. The guitar is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. It's great to work out, too. <laughs> <laughs> We that's an inside joke. Sorry, listeners. It's too bad. You'll never know. <laughs> okay, Brandon, it's your turn. I went, dude. I was listening to Bukowski. Oh, Bukowski I thought you were by... showing. Okay, my, my mistake. Yeah, Bukowski. Do it again. <laughs> the Do it again. Count. <laughs> Hold it up again. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, cool. It's actually one of my favorite Modest Mouse songs, and Bukowski was buried in the san pedro cemetery and we actually went to his grave and his gravestone said don't try so, oh wow <laughs> yeah which is great advice right don't try yeah i guess i mean that's actually amazing advice like don't be a try hard type thing you know nobody likes to try hard right yeah i don't think he meant it like that though oh that's what i would have meant on my tombstone <laughs> i think he meant it like <laughs> give up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> negative nancy jeez all right, so now is the time for Agree to Disagree. All right, Agree to Disagree is our segment in which one of us picks a band that we're pretty sure the others hadn't heard yet, and we spend some time with that band and listen to them, and we talk about them. So, Andy, I'm going to let you introduce the band that you picked today. Okay, excellent. Uh, the band I picked is a uh, splatter thrash Oakland thrash metal band from uh, Oakland, <laughs> and uh, they, they're called Ghoul. Um, <clears throat> they became one of my favorite bands about probably 10 years ago. My brother showed them to me. He's like, you need to listen to this because they had the elements of like black metal, but they were also thrashy like Anthrax or like, like Megadeth style. And it, and they even incorporated like the surf rock thing, and they had this hidden identity and this comic book thing, and I just blew my load when I first heard them. So that's why I wanted to share it with you guys because I know Brandon, you're really into like horror movies and comic books. Dan, pretty much ditto. You know yeah. what I mean? You're all about comic books and like the graphic novels and like uh, just the nerdier side of things. So I had to throw that on the table for you guys. So I just want your opinion. Yeah, let me first talk about <clears throat> their their album covers. At first, I thought it yeah. was Klansman, and I was like, "What the hell are you showing?" Me? <laughs> and then I so, looked, I looked a little closer, and it's just, they're executioners, obviously. Well, it's potato sacks like they bur- put over there, burlap, burlap sacks, like burlap sacks, and they cut like one hole in it. You know, I don't know how they play. They play guitar like that. It's insane. Or oh, they actually do that live. Stage. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But their covers do, oh, yeah. as Andy said, like they look like comic book covers, like. Uh, like mm-hmm. horror comic book. I just want to. I just want to read a lyric. All right, from the song "Rot uh, Rot Gut." Pack them in jars and infuse them with yeast to brew up a batch for next midnight feast. My skills as a brewer has never been met. Severed head eighty seven is my best vintage yet. Ooh, that I eighty seven. That, that's great. That kind of tickled me a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> there, and I I read through a lot of their lyrics, and I'm like. Their lyrics are super fun. They have a song called Tomb, mm-hmm, yeah. Tomb After Tomb, which I imagine is a parody mm-hmm. of Time After Time, although the song doesn't sound yeah. like that at all. But so like I, I feel like they're like kind of the epitome of fun. I do mm-hmm. like that type of metal, the thrash metal. Uh, are they from the East Bay? 
Do you know? Yeah, I believe they're from Oakland. They're from Oakland. Okay. Um, Because that's where the thrash originated from, and they kind of have that sound. But the story goes of Ghoul, they are from Creepsylvania. You know what I mean? They all have these different names like Dissector, Dementor, digestor and cremator and and they've gone through like two or three different members before and they just keep the same names for them because they're all a secret identity but two of them i believe two of them are actually members of impaled from the 90s like oh okay uh uh, black or not black but they were like death Death metal metal. like surgical metal type cool stuff like that song back to the grave they started that they always had like their their own kind of hard metal genre and they like you know themed themselves even back then you know, so this to me was like, I love that theme and that, that, uh, concept record type stuff where it's like a story from the beginning to the end just got me too. you know, Dan, had you heard of these guys before Andy uh, told us to listen to them? I had heard of them. I had never heard them. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed the record. I listened to probably the whole thing. I was listening to it at work a lot. And actually I sat down tonight and I was reading along with which, um, which record did you do? Was it a uh, transmission zero? Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So Andy and, uh, told us to listen to this album and I just completely ignored him. <laughs> and I listened to just a, just a random variety of, okay, of, the, of albums. Sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Well, you're, you're still getting the, the gist of the band. I mean, um, but no, they're, they're super fun, man. I've, I've listened to quite a few thrash bands before, but they're kind of like Andy was saying, they're kind of just like their own, like their own type of uh, genre of thrash. Uh, super fun. I love the burlap sacks and the hidden identity. I think it makes it a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and their lyrics, man, their lyrics are just so good. So fun. Yeah, that's that's basically <clears throat> all I have to say about them. Um, yeah. Andy, did you want me to try to guess what that album was about? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah if you uh, analyzed it, did please do. I am terrible with analyzing albums and lyrics. I'm not a lyric guy. Again, I'm Dan. I play the drums. I, I really don't care as long as like the lyrics or the vocalists like sounds good. Mm-hmm. But um, this is what I got from it. So basically there are these, these guys, the, uh, what do they call them? The brothers of ghoul or yeah. The brother, brothers of brotherhood, brotherhood of ghoul, or... brothers of ghoul. So Give yourself like this. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's so good. All right. So, um, basically it sounds like they're, they're in some sort of battle. They're wounded. They escape to these catacombs. Mm-hmm. They retreat to these catacombs and then they just start brutalizing people and monsters and then suddenly the song called Brain Jerk comes oh, on. It's such a good and ridiculous then, dude. And they're doing voodoo blow <laughs> from a skull. <laughs> yeah. and it, they're and getting it, high from a skull. They're basically freebasing voodoo blow from a human skull. Yeah, but like one of the lyrics says like I don't know if it was a like cremator or whatever, they're like dissector left with a flimsy excuse. Like, yes. yes. <laughs> you left with a flimsy excuse. And then um so it makes them start hallucinating. Then they go on a drug crazed killing spree rampage. And then they lost me. Then they start talking about this transmitter and people being killed through television. Oh, and yeah. it, it got, it, it got, yeah, they get like captured and like got one of deep. them gets away and then they, they get him. Yeah. Yeah. So also the next record that after that is called dungeon bastards. And that one's actually, I do like better, but I wanted to give you guys something a little earlier just to get a, a better flavor of it. But that record is way more concept. The, the vinyl comes with like a huge, like, almost like graphic novel type sleeve. There's a board game. You open up the thing and there's a board game and you can like, it's like a drinking board game on top. Like it's kind of like, it looks like Candyland, but it's cool. You know what I mean? 
just so how fun is that for like a metal band to do that and like not take it so like no you have to be evil and hail satan and like all this junk like they're just like no like we want to just have fun and be theatrics and like it was it's a good way to express a genre of metal you know and they made it their own and that's why i appreciate it the way that dan was describing the album sounded like have you guys seen the Nicolas cage horror movie mandy Yes, I have. I have once. Very colorful. No. A, lot of, a lot of filters in that movie. Dan, you right. got to see Mandy. It, it, it sounds like that concept album. I mean, there's color out of space, which is like yeah. a Nicolas Cage horror movie. But Mandy in particular is like this like heavy metal, drug-induced like craziness. Uh, it sounds mm-hmm. like they could have done the soundtrack for it. Um, oh, they probably could have, man. Is there is there two singers in this band? There's three i think the drummer does all the weird like and then there's a guy like and then there's the dude that's like okay so that's the bass the mid and the tenor i like (laughs) (laughs) i like the dude that sounds more high pitch the like yeah you can can understand him more yeah the rumble vocals they're like i'm not i'm not that hot on i will say this Although I enjoyed it and I would understand why a lot of people like it, maybe it's my old age, but if I wasn't introduced to an aggressive band when I was young, it's hard for me to get behind. And it almost Mm -hmm. feels like listening to them almost felt like getting drilled by the dentist. Ooh. Now, I don't necessarily. I mean, I'm pretty sure they would take that as a compliment. Yeah, I don't see. I don't know. I mean, some people are masochistic and that's they like it. I I don't, mm-hmm. but I'm not saying I didn't like it. I appreciated it, but it's not something that I would keep listening to, except I'm absolutely going to give them another try come next October because it seems like the right setting for them. You know what I mean? So I, I think you need, next time you listen to them, I, I think you need to listen to the uh, albums, like that album in particular, in its entirety from front to back and kind of read the lyrics as you go along. That makes it more immersive in the story. And, you know, that's and that's why I gave you guys that earlier record because I wanted to give you that flavor first. So you got kind of got to have an open mind and, and, and listen, to the re- listen to the record as if you're reading a graphic novel, if that makes any sense. That makes sense. So what you're saying <clears throat> is, I should have listened. To you. Yeah, you should listen to what I had to fill. All right, so um, what's the verdict here? Dan, agree or disagree? Oh, I definitely agree. I'm going I'm going neutral. I could take it or leave it. Yeah, there's some some bands, and, you know, I, I get like that, too, where you got to give them another try or 10, you know, sometimes. And then all of a sudden you go, wow, I like that. Like, there's something catches in your brain, like the song gets stuck in your head or whatever, and then you start to like them. Yeah, know? yeah. That's why I was saying, like, if I listen to them around October, I think it's going to resonate a lot more with me because it's just going to be go. the perfect backdrop for that band. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's that's agree or dis- disagree. And up next is our random questions. all right in this segment it's pretty self-explanatory we are just gonna ask each other random questions and see what happens andy why don't you start us out sure i mean fine make me first for everything um (laughs) okay here we go you guys ready so if you were offered a slot in any band in the world who would it be oh good can i choose like what i play you can choose whatever you want if you get offered the gig you're good enough who would you play with they said wow you're really good at this join the band i'm thinking this is what i'm thinking i'm thinking 
Tom Waits mainly because I want to see him conduct wow. an album because he uses such interesting, like mm-hmm. sometimes not even instruments necessarily. Sometimes he's banging on car Items. parts. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to be there to witness <laughs> it. Plugging in something to the wall and taking it out really fast. Like that's his percussion. <laughs> and I just want to be like, be able to witness the, that's a good answer. I just want to be able to witness the genius. Yeah. Oh, I just want to be like, Hey, Mr. Waits, you need me to play the radiator? I'll do to it. Play a little drop of poison with him would be amazing. You know, that weird. Oh, he was great, man. Got a lot of Tom great. Waits. What's your, what's your answer, Dan? Are you still thinking? Yeah, there's so many, like, I'm like trying to think of like a genre, like right now. I'm like, Ooh, Andy, what's your answer, or? dude? What's your answer? Well, mine I chose because they're not my favoritist band, but there's someone I'm interested in now and it's new. And therefore I would, wouldn't feel so idols. Like I'm in a, I'm in a cover band. No, I no, That's a good, that's a good oh, choice though. I thought but I uh, Baroness actually is someone who I got into a couple years ago. And just because their, their style challenges me to listen a little differently and have an open mind. And I, and they just sound fun to play on guitar, you know? So yeah, it would probably be Baroness. Honestly, they're like, they're almost <clears throat> like modern day progressive rock modern day like their earlier stuff is a little more proggy um and a little more like you know random times i like to say progressive Um, rock prog rock (laughs) okay buddy that's how we say it in la i don't know about your smart utah ways but in in dumb dumb la we say prog we don't finish our words bro oh are you in la i always thought that was like from czechoslovakia i'm like oh it's czech rock that's prog rock that's an la garage you're in this is a ventura county garage but yeah give them your address and what time you go to sleep two zero zero no <laughs> dan give him your phone number all right five two two three four two <laughs> so um yeah. so can i just can i just say uh anti-love song oh can you though because you are an anti-love song still okay kind of not technically though. no kind of not <laughs> hey. we, we are technically broken up but i mean honestly like yeah i could think of bands i want to be in right now like um, I, I wouldn't mind playing like some like math core type of like Absolutely. stuff like test the hero, maybe like Dillinger escape plan, but then I could go all the way to like jazz or I could go, you know, mm-hmm. to like classic rock or, Absolutely. or, you know, this or that. But, um, no, man, I just, I just, I miss jamming with you guys making music, so, whether if it was punk ska, I mean, whatever, man. So yeah. an- anti love song is our old punk band. Dan played the drums. If you didn't catch that. Uh, Andy played guitar and sang and I played bass and sang and we we've all like agreed that that was our favorite band we've been in like several bands since then also, also let me uh, you know my brother Tony was also a guitarist at one point for us so let's let's just t- somewhere wherever he is yeah yeah he was a guitarist at one point and shout out to Tony and, shout out to Tony and so was Chad <laughs> Chad and Donnie and Donnie oh, and everybody so that we've ever known yeah <laughs> Jeez. No, that's a good one. I thought you were going to say the Aquabats, Dan. And Mike. And Mike, too. So this would have to be the scenario, though, for Dan, is if Brandon, you and I were like, hey, let's start Anti-Love Song, and we couldn't get a hold of Dan, we found another drummer, and we're like, we kicked the drummer out, and we're taking auditions, and Dan showed up, then that would be your dream. We're like, okay, (laughs) fine. You're back in the band. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right, Dan. So let's, let's hear your random question for the evening. All right, my random question is, who would you rather French kiss, Courtney Love or Miley Cyrus? Oh, snap. Oh, easy, easy for me. Hard. Is it? It's so hard. There's no, I wouldn't. Yeah, those that is, mouths are so dirty. I would get sloppy on Miley. I don't care. <laughs> oh, like, fuck it, dude. 
at least her, <laughs> at least her dad's Billy Ray, right? Yeah, you know you can get some, at least some music hookups. Like that's Courtney's a good just thing. Gonna fall asleep on heroin, like. Uh, Miley oh, Cyrus's tongue is out all the time, and I'm just like, I feel, yeah. I feel like there's like extra bacteria in her mouth. But <laughs> then, like, I don't know. I'd be afraid that Courtney Love might off me. Yeah, she'll hurt you. You know, she'll like try to stab you just yeah. from making out. Yeah, like, what if I'm not good at it? <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> She's gonna sing, take everything from you, and. Get that's mad, tough dan you busted a things. you busted a would you rather on us and that's a hard one uh yeah i might go with miley cyrus just because nah oh gosh i don't know i think probably miley cyrus and only because of the choices only because mm-hmm. i well she's nice okay i would make out with her now she's chilled out she's all like nice and like clean again right like she's not like crazy doing molly naked on a on a wrecking ball like <laughs> Is that right. that's one of her songs, isn't it? Wrecking Ball, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah How does it go? I'm more of a Katy Perry guy, but <laughs> no, I was Katy Perry. Oh, that Ball. was Katy yeah. Perry. Okay, <laughs> he knows his Katy Perry. I know my pop, Cyrus. right? Yeah, right, guys. Well, what was like was there a video where she was on a Wrecking Ball naked? I don't know, man. I don't no, watch I that stuff. Was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. What's your answer, Dan? What what the heck is your answer? <sighs> I was thinking Miley Cyrus because just because her dad's Billy Ray. I mean, come on, dude, Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Cyrus. And then Courtney Wait, Love, of course, with Kurt Cobain. I'm sorry, am I missing something? Like, is Billy Ray Cyrus awesome? <laughs> I, what do you mean? <laughs> is that you guys a rhetorical both? question? <laughs> Where have you been, Brandon? <laughs> have you heard his new record, dude? It's <laughs> the blast beats and that shit. He went. He went straight metal. What, what has or he done? Mike, pa- Mike Patton produced or, it. Or rap. He actually went rap. Name. He went, name, he, name did, oh. he went mumble. Didn't he do Achy Breaky Heart? <laughs> he did Achy Breaky Heart. Yes. Okay. Okay. All that right. song rocks. For a minute. So I'm saying you guys, Billy, Billy you, Ray all the way, man. You guys had me thinking he was someone else for a minute. I'm like, I don't think I know who well, Billy could, Ray is. If we make out with Miley Cyrus, that means eventually we can make out with Billy Ray Cyrus. That's too. true. Take a bath with him. <laughs> Sing a sing achy breaky heart, Adam. As awesome as that sounds, like I hate achy breaky heart. Like That's I hate terrible. that song, man. It's, I had it's to, awful. I, I hate that, I hate that era that. of country and like I hate even the modern era of country, but something about the nineties country, I don't know if it was because of our friend Jason Stevens. Her his mom was obsessed with like that style of country and she would be like blasting it in the truck whenever we were hanging out and like it just cringed me as a kid, you know. You know how bad achy breaky heart is? Do you guys remember that? that crazy Christian group in Texas that had that shootout with the FBI. Yeah. And they were trying to get them out mm-hmm. and they blasted achy breaky heart for like 24 hours <laughs> straight. They used yeah, it as like, torture. Like, un- like they brought so many speakers in and they That's... achy breaky heart. Wait, the, the cultists did? No, the FBI. The FBI they, they wanted did. them to come out. So they're trying to make them crazy. And they brought like a ton of speakers. Like did they picked achy breaky heart. I mean, that's pretty good. Hold on. I is guess. that, is that Jonestown massacre? Is that what you're talking Jonestown- about? No, it's um, That's the one that had there was like a documentary or a mockumentary, it was, it not was, mockumentary, it, but it was, series. It was like a series on Netflix or yeah. something about it. Yeah, yeah. Was uh, David, David, Kre- Kre- oh, I can't remember yeah. his name right now. But well, yeah, it was actually well, a really good documentary. But fortunately, yeah, we're not doing a podcast about cultists. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm sorry, Miley Cyrus. I'm going Miley, Miley Cyrus. Miley, get it. She came to my work once when I was bartending, and she had like a bunch of like strung out like skinny girls with her. It was weird. 
was Courtney Love one of them? Patio. <laughs> no, but Courtney Love actually, we there's a theater next to my work, and Courtney Love was doing a play next door, and she also had a bunch of strung out like people with her. It's cr- weird, just weird. So that's a little coink dinkle. I had to dance to Achy Breaky Heart in elementary school, and it nearly <laughs> broke me. Dude, that's amazing. That's why you hate it. Gosh, the group class dances that they would used to do back in the day. I did yeah. California Raisins once. That was they put me in a trash bag. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? On us with like white tights. I did that in kindergarten, no. and trash bags was our costume. We were on the too. news. <laughs> we were on the news. Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> the news. How how cheap is that? Cost? I'm going to be a California Raisin this next year for Halloween, dude. Like, can I ask you guys a question? Bag? Yes. Uh, where you guys can't see us, the listeners, but they they could they could see me. And I just got a new phone case, and this is relevant because tell me if this does this look like a gothic girl's phone case? It can, <laughs> and in the right in the right hands, it it doesn't. It and and I think you have the right hands. Okay, okay, good. So, <laughs> all if right. You were a little more like emo ish. I'd be like, all right, brother. So but. we'd all make out with Miley Cyrus, I guess. <clears throat> all right. Yeah. All right, my question is, in recent times, thanks to streaming booms and the pandemic, popular musicians are selling the rights to their songs in in an attempt to sort of like cash in. Like Bob Dylan, Uh for example, just made over 300 million by doing so. So my question is, what band would you want to have the rights to their music? Now, this doesn't necessarily mean for the cash, it could be for other reasons, but like, what uh-huh. what musician would you be like? I want to own the rights to all their music. Okay, all right. Um, I'll go first, I guess. Go ahead, Tom Petty. Uh, just because solely the, like, the way he just fought for those songs and his rights, like the the I don't know if you guys have ever seen that like three hour documentary on him. What's amazing? It'll turn anybody onto him. Um, I would own those rights just because they're they were fought correctly and. And it'd be kind of funny for someone else to buy all the songs after that. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big Tom Petty, Petty fan, but you know, what would you do with them? Is the heartbreakers uh, included in this? Yeah. Tom Petty and the heartbreakers, anything that he did, uh, even mud clutch. If you want to go that far. Um, wow. You're deep. I would put him on our podcast as background music. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I would use them in any way I can. YouTube. I just, I would just sit on YouTube with my face on it and just play the song and stare at the camera. You pull up to like, cars. What, what? What are you going to do? Pull up to cars that are listening to it and be like, hey, 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 you owe me some money. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got. Nice. Like it. Dan? I would go with the Beatles. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So many classics, dude. So many hits. And mm-hmm. just, I don't know, man. Just so much history from the, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of 60s music. When they first started, it's just kind right. of whatever. Like all their love songs. Like I liked them when I was little. My sister and I, I believe we owned every Beatles album. I got to um, do the more hippy dippy stuff. Once, yeah, well, the once once, once drugs the drugs were, were involved, once <laughs> yeah. once they were like, ooh, and they got like a shaman that followed them around. They they got they yeah. got pretty they got pretty good. And once I was like fourteen or fifteen, and I was kind of messing around with drugs, like you you start started to understand it a little bit. You know, like my mom showed me Magical Mystery Tour, and I was like, oh, yeah, you put I on the white album. Now. Like, oh, you put on the white album, you're like, oh, this ooh, makes a lot more yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. For sure, I'd, I'd go with Beatles. Beatles rights because that's just you just be so rich instantly. Much. And yeah, and like Brandon said, it's not even about the money. It's just dude. That's almost just like it's almost power. With that <laughs> it's just just, just the power. Songs. I don't need the money. I just want the power. And how popular? That's why you were. know Tom Petty as well. Like right. he had that power. Like he he fought in court. You know you know that song. I won't back down. Is about him battling. I don't know if it, I think it was Capital that was trying to take all of his like his royalties from them. You know what I mean? So that's why like one of the reasons why I, like idolize the dude. 
you know, it's because of his, his, his personal independent strength. Donovan actually said that he went the other way. He stopped, he got out of drugs and was like pursuing meditation and was like reaching transcendence that way. And was trying to talk the mm-hmm. Beatles into it. I thought that was interesting. I would pick, oh. I would pick Al Green. I mean, Al Green has some amazing soulful music and I would, I would get the rights to his music just for movies. Like all Ooh, of his okay. songs are so cinematic. I mean, they've already been in a lot of movies, mm-hmm. but if I were to make a movie, I would, I could make an entire movie with just Al Green songs. I feel like people would be coming to me for the rights of the, for the music for movies. And I'd be like, sure, let me, let me be on set. Let me watch it. Let me watch you guys make. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Is that it for random questions? I think that's it. Yeah. Looks like that'll do right. We did it. So you know what that means? It's time for Jason's 42 cents. Jason is our friend and he's also a musician, but he sort of likes what he likes and doesn't like what he doesn't now i mean that's everybody right but jason kind of has his own like musical bubble that he's kind of kept to now i'm not saying he's not open-minded i'm just saying that there's a lot of music that we have indulged in that he never had so we thought it would be interesting to show him some music and see what he thought about it because he's also brutally honest absolutely he's blunt as weed so we picked the song I Felt Like a Gringo by Minutemen. Now, Minutemen was an American punk rock band formed in San Pedro, California in 1980. Has guitar vocalist Dean Boone, bassist and vocalist Mike Watt, and drummer George Hurley. Uh, Minutemen recorded in their short time four albums and eight EPs before, unfortunately, Dean Boone died in a car accident. In 1985. Right. Uh, Tragic. Yeah. After Dean Boone's death, the band broke up and the remaining two members alongside new guitarist, vocalist Ed Crawford would form Firehose. But the Minutemen were noted in the California punk community for a philosophy of like jamming Econo, which is a sense of like thriftiness in reflection in their touring and their presentation. In fact, they have a documentary called We Jam Econo which is an amazing documentary. I actually just watched it today uh, for the third time. And Mike Watt says something that resonated with me so hard. He said, I majored in punk rock and I just love that. Yeah. Wonderful, man. All those, all those uh, South Bay dudes, you know, they're like the, the smarter punk rockers of that scene in the eighties, you know? The yeah, SST thing. Yeah, agreed. When you watch the documentary, like Mike Watt is talking about D Boone being like super into history and like reading all these mm-hmm. history books, and and when you listen mm-hmm. to their lyrics, you could tell that those dudes knew what they're talking about. They're not just spitting anger out. They're they're speaking. They're saying stuff. You know. Yeah, they're educated yeah. fellas. Educated fellas, wonderful band, and then they were like part of like the punk rock thing, but they were also their own style. Like that's what I loved so much about them is they were quick to the point that they were like funky, but still like punky. You know. Yeah, that's yeah. What I liked about them so much. The singer had that weirdness to him. You know. Well, they I both sing. They both a sing. Off, a little goofy. And a lot of people don't know that the the jackass theme is 
a song by them, you know, cause you don't hear, you know, I didn't realize it until I listened to one of their records and I was like, wait, this is the jackass. And it started singing. I'm like, they're singing in this song. This is amazing. <laughs> you know, like I was part of that generation that didn't know, you know, you're speaking of Corona, which is actually mm-hmm, about the same trip that they took to Mexico that I felt like a gringo is about. They also oh, were so it's a concept record too. Yeah. <laughs> it's there a concept, go. two songs. Um, they're also famous for not having a chorus. All right, so you guys ready for Jason's 42 cents? Let's do it. All right, let's, let's hear this. it. Brandon, it's Brandon. I'm just calling to say I love you. Oh, sorry, wrong message. Damn it. <laughs> You're sick. All right, here it is. Hey, hi. So I had to research the words because there's no understanding this this guy with the way he throws these lyrics out there. He reminded me of a... One time I was in 7-Eleven getting coffee, and there's a tweaker in there who, who was, I don't know, he saw my, my work shirt, whatever, bright colored, and uh, he, he, he's like, he's like, so what do you do for this? And he, he kept squatting and standing up, squatting and standing up. So what do you do for this? Squat, stand, squat, stand. What do you do for this? I don't even know. Uh, he, he, that guy was, he probably sang the song. Um. So in 93 words, this dude, you know, he's talking about not doing, doing some drugs, you know, not mad at that. Any, any, any excuse to do drugs is okay in my book. Um, you know, and then, then anyway, I don't know, something about trash and, and sleeping and trash and taking baths or shower or showering trash, ocean, trashy ocean. <laughs> um, but you know, doing drugs. In a tourist town full of American trash, sounds pretty good to me. And why the fuck was he there on the fourth? What are you doing? Go home. <laughs> Go home and party like an American. Get the hell out of here. Um, bottom line is lyrics. Good. You gotta research them. Nope. Um, <laughs> music though, I dig the music. It was it was good. I liked it, all the riffs of the guitar, uh, the bass. That poor bass player, though. I'll tell you what, he's just sitting there. You know, that poor guy. Um, drums and guitar, fine. Love it. Sounds like a three man band. Probably wrong on that. Maybe I'm right. Anywho, not something I would listen to again. And that's my forty two cents. All right. Okay. Wait a minute. So what's he funny. said? The bass player's bored. Like, wait a minute. Did he listen to the right band? Yeah, yeah, no, he definitely did. Yeah, I know. He's talking about Mike <laughs> Watt. All right, so so let's yeah. give let's give Jason some credit here. He's never heard the Minutemen, but Mike Watt mm-hmm. is known as one of the best bass players in punk rock. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, yes, he, he is. is. That's like, why I was like, what? He, that dude's like the Les Claypool of <clears throat> punk rock. Yeah, yeah, basically. yeah. I mean, I... Uh, um, listening to that song, I guess it's not as prevalent as some of the other tunes, but I mean, yeah, but I feel like it's still there. Yeah, he's still going to there. town on those strings. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's smacking around. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, it's... I do, I do have to disagree with Jason. I feel like if you have to look up the meaning for songs on, uh, lyric-wise, I think they did something right. I don't want my lyrics spelled out to me. I'm not trying to listen to Jimmy Buffett. You know what I mean? Like... That's where I feel like you get like I know what uh what is it Margaritaville I know what that song's about when I listen to it but for me or when I listen to a song and Beach Burger Beach yeah, <laughs> Cheeseburger <What>? in Paradise <laughs> what? 
I I I like substance to my lyrics. It want I want thought provoking lyrics, and I do mm-hmm. want to sometimes look them up, or if they're not so spelled out, like now it's not their song, it's kind of our song because I could drive meaning in it where maybe it doesn't even exist, and also right. right. He said, uh, why, why did you spend the 4th of July in Mexico? He actually says that at the end of the song. He's like, why did I spend yeah. why did I spend the 4th in someone else's country? But I don't even think, like, his lyrics are pretty legible as far as punk rock goes. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I didn't hear, you know, I, I didn't f- figure out any metaphors in it. I think he was just like, I felt out of place in Mexico. Was yeah. basically what the lyrics were to me. He's like, I tried to do my thing. I asked somebody, I can't remember. He's like, I asked somebody something. And they're like, dude, you don't even know who the president is or whatever. Someone got elected who or whatever. The, I yeah, what the who won say. the election. And I felt like a gringo. Every time I go to Mexico, I feel like a gringo. Every time I go to Europe, I feel like an American dum-dum. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a weird feeling. And so he shared that. The fact that he could write a song about that to me is two songs, is, by uh, the way, two songs. It's great. Yeah. But that to me, I, I admire that. It's admirable because like other people were writing about all kinds of like the same old crap. He wrote about going to Mexico and feeling uncomfortable, like yeah. just to, to the point, you know, one of their most straightforwardly written songs. Yeah. Simplistic, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, no, you know, keeping it simple in the lyrics, you know. All right. I just I just got to say something here. So my voicemail actually does a, a transcription. It's called transcription beta. So like mm-hmm. it tries to it tries to spell out everything Jason's saying. Oh, can you read it, please? And uh, I'm not going to read all of it, it. But when he was talking oh. about when he was talking about like the tweaker like saying something and he didn't know what he was saying, it translated as sweetest little bit, sweetest little bit. <laughs> so Jason, that's what the tweaker was saying, sweetest saying little sweetest. bit. He was, he was complimenting you. Sweetest little bat. Sweetest little bat. Maybe he's saying sweetest little butt. Dan, you um, know? Dan, get, throw your opinions at me, man. What What do you think about this song? I know you've heard it before. Oh yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. This is probably thirtieth time I've listened to this song. But uh, this week I've actually been listening to it a lot more. I wanted to kind of analyze it and dig deep. Um, yeah, dude, the bass player. I, I just that guy just goes off man he's like the yeah he rips one of the focal points one of the focal points of the band him and the drummer and i know you know it's, they kind of go hand in hand with mm-hmm. rhythm section but I mean, he drives it mike lot you know yeah he, he just drives it and then with the with the vocals that guy just has such a unique style it's it, it just it's like a it's like a funk punk band they were just kind of like mm-hmm. a uh, it was just super fun man i never got too much into minute man i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie uh Every time you you actually showed them to me, Brandon. Every time I'd listen to them, I'm like, man, I should listen to these guys more. These guys are freaking same. awesome, absolutely. And same. then I, yeah. just, you know, never always never got too much into them. Yeah, I always appreciated them, and I always really liked them, but I never like bought their records or dove into the like the I'm gonna listen to a bunch of Minutemen type thing. Exactly. You know? I might now though. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, Dan, you totally. you need to check out that documentary. It's on YouTube. We Jam Econo. It it it's one of those documentaries that makes you want to pick up an instrument immediately. I love that. There's and so, is that the one that also also shows like uh, him going to like random house parties and jamming with people? Is that the same one? No, I don't think so. Maybe I've seen a different one. He's driving around know. Pedro in a van talking about right. the times, and it shows a lot of their live performances. And it's just it's a really good documentary. I think you know I was so into him because I was a bass player, and that, I mean that it's hard not to hear the bass in that band. You know what I mean? And right. it's so it's unique too. And it's like they're they're definitely like a a funky punk band with almost like mm-hmm. beat poetry spit on top of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, almost like spoken wordy type stuff. The mm-hmm. way he, the way he, because he doesn't, he does some singing, but he does a lot of like ex- just expressive talking. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that being said, Jason liked the music. I kind of, I kind of figured he would. But uh, it doesn't sound like. I think that was a great, great challenge for him. Yeah, it doesn't sound like we did justice for him. So we'll have to try to pick another song, see if he'll like it. That would be our goal: is to get Jason to Absolutely. be like, "I loved it." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good to me. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, thank you, Jason. And that love was, you, bud. Jason. See you, fella. Jado. That was Jason's forty-two cents. All right, guys, guilty pleasures. I feel like this is going to be the first and last segment of this because it is so hard for me to find a guilty pleasure. And here's why. I don't feel guilty about listening to any music. Like, I feel like I'm at the age where, like, I know that I'm not cool, so I'm not going to try. You know, like if I'm blasting like like a virgin from Madonna and a car pulls up, like I don't feel like I'll turn it down. I feel like I'll just look and be like, yep, that's what I'm listening to. Yeah, like it doesn't like I don't feel guilty. But if Uh, if I had any guilt, it would be recently I've been listening to the Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. Okay. And not even like any of their deep cuts, like really they're popular stuff now look let me go on apple music right now and look up what i have downloaded from smashing pumpkins Mm -hmm. and it's tonight tonight zero bullet with a butterfly wings 1979 uh so it's all the hits it's all the hits hits. that's what i'm saying yeah yeah today okay Okay. um and You you know what's great you know what's great about that brandon is all of those hits are from the same album they yeah. had like five or six hits. That's the melancholy, right? Melancholy and the yeah. infinite. That's sadness. the only album I got into. That's amazing. I love they, had, they had like six like hits from from just that one album. That's it's that's a double, amazing. That's a, that's a double disc, right? I it's do. Like a, one's is. like a happy face, and one's a, a, a frowny face, and like the sadder songs around the yeah. frowny face. Melancholy, sun, yeah, sun and a moon, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I do have some from Siamese Dream. Like, uh, is it Kerbrock? Cherbrock? Today and today and disarm. But it's 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 just the hits, and I like when I was growing up and hearing them, I didn't like them. Like I didn't I didn't care about them at all. So I'm wondering if it's nostalgic why I'm listening to them because I'm it's I just 90s in general. Yeah, and yeah. I listened to some of their other stuff that I hadn't heard before, and I was like, no, nah, I don't really like it. I just like the hits. So mm-hmm. like I don't know if I'm listening to them because I like them or because it reminds me of a time, you know. No, I mean, and it's also you like you like a lot of stuff from that record too. And to me, that record was way better. I tried to give like Gish a try because like a lot of Smashing Pumpkins fans are like, listen to Gish. I couldn't hook I couldn't hook my ears on it. You know what I mean? Uh, Melancholy just had a certain production and sound to it, I think, and they had this they had this certain energy in it. It was a little more less rock, but there was like heavy stuff too. But there was also like symphony type things, and it, I don't know. To me, it was like different for me, and I, I liked that different. For sure. What about you, Dan? What's your guilty pleasure? <laughs> Late, I'm not going to lie, you guys. Lately, I've Aquabats. been getting into... Uh, <laughs> it's just because I'm wearing a sweater, Brandon. <laughs> um, lately, I've been getting into like a lot of like uh, like 80s hair metal. Right on, I don't know why. So crazy. I have no idea why. Andy was saying it's just it might just be like coming with age. But uh, my guilty pleasure lately, I've been listening to a lot of Rat. Yes. Los Angeles That's zone. like the one... Rat, R-A-T- the hair metal band that I still like. R A T T. Yeah, love will find a way. Just give it time. 
So remember, you guys remember what I was saying that like, I wouldn't feel guilty about anything. I actually would feel guilty about that. (laughs) I took it back. Well, you know, like, yeah, like, like you said, we come up to a red light and then the person pulls up next to me. I just, you know, casually turn it down. I think I I really only do that honestly with hip hop and it's not even because I'm white and it's (laughs) black music. It's because they say some pretty derogatory things. Absolutely. Even like if I'm not saying it and they're like, you know, blaring the N word, every other word. I don't want people looking at me, listening to that. Why is he listening to that? He's got an Aquabat sweater on. That doesn't even make sense. (laughs) 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 No, I think it's great. And rat, you know, I, I, when I was a kid, I listened to a lot of hair metal, Molly crew, you know, like shout at the devil, all that stuff. And then I got into, you know, nineties music and, stopped for years and we're like you know screw that that we used to call it like wuss rock or something i don't remember what we used yeah. to call it like butt butt rock or butt rock like that, yeah you know? i think i again. think i'm making a circle you guys because i'm not going to get too much into it because i believe it's coming up in our next little segment thing but I, I think i'm making a circle because like when i was when i was a kid i really got into like seven or eight years old really got into hair metal really got into mm-hmm. you know guns and roses this and that and you know i had a so many different genres of music like transform me up until now and i'm kind of just going back to like all my old music like i started off with punk rock again now mm-hmm. i'm doing hair metal i got into a little bit of hip-hop and it's just it's kind of fun listening to the old i like doing the full, full circle i still expand my you know horizons with music but i, always, I always go back to when i was young you know it just yep. happens i'm a nostalgic dude like what can i say i'm not at the age where i'm listening to hair metal i don't know if i ever will i respect it and uh and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't actually think you should feel guilty, but no, I'm there with you guys where I'll, I'll go back and I'll listen to like Operation Ivy all day just because I'm like, it holds yeah. so much good memories. And for life, yeah, dude, th- those guys are like, man, I can't believe that an 18, 19 year old wrote those lyrics because they're still yeah. relevant today, which is kind of oh, sad. Dude, that guy was a poet, but they're yeah, so still. impactful, man. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, but, but the smashing pumpkins is sort of like me going back and listening to stuff that I wanted to ignore, you know, mm-hmm. Andy, mm-hmm. what do you feel guilty about? I mean, I, I think I still feel guilty cause it's, it's still like uh, everyone always disagrees with me. Like really why Sinead O'Connor Dude, when, when I'm listening to the radio or I'm at a bar or whatever, sometimes when Mr. Jones and me by the counting crows comes on, I sing the whole fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know Amazing. like there's something about it like it's i don't know if there's a metaphor behind it but it's like he's just excited to be with this dude and he's like we look at these girls and we just have a good time and like i just want to be an artist and express myself with this guy and like god we just have so much fun like that's the song and i don't know what it is like it's not he's a good singer like this, the, his vocals are great is is the lyrics are awesome they're they're poetic too like just the way he sings through that song and it's just you know a simple six chord top song and for some reason i, I hated that song as a kid i hated it hated hated hate it and then now i just go like Sha-la-la. i'm like going right for it <laughs> you know so yeah like even that genre of music sometimes like uh spin doctors i'm i, I can i can totally turn it up i don't care anymore i'm not ashamed of it either Blues Traveler. Blues Traveler. Yeah. Blues Traveler, dude. That harmonica. Oh, once upon. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's it's the best. It's not the best, actually. No, I take that back. But I I'm, I start to enjoy it more as the older I get. And I don't know if that's like a weird, I'm getting old. I should listen to chill music. I don't know. But yeah, I'm not mad at it anymore. No. It, it, so I'm looking up the meaning. And I mean, Google doesn't have answers for everything, but it's, it's, you know, it's saying here that the meaning of it is about fame, you know, in that whole line of like, 
is she looking at you no he's she's looking at me is like about like is he is are they looking at my persona or are they looking at actually mm-hmm. me exactly and i also thought it maybe was a battle with drugs and alcohol i could oh, be like you it's know jones. Am, it, it, you know is she looking at you or me like in the real me or the alcoholic me and like you know we hang out and then i you know mr sure. jones is like the the junkie version of me type thing you know, it's that's like, just like, uh, me listening to it. I'd have to read the lyrics and be like, all right, but it's like it's like Hulk or the Wolfman. You know, like yeah. those were written about like the beast within and like yeah, it's kind of like Jekyll. It's kind, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So like that song's kind of representative of that, which kind of makes me like it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean I, I hope there's 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 a deeper story to it and it's not just him hanging out with a creepy old dude, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, up next is our top three bands that we were probably listening to in the 90s. I say probably because... Yeah, we... we... Do you really know? <laughs> like, I mean, you do, but um, this these are these are bands that I was probably listening to. In fact, I could have probably put Guaranteed listening to mm-hmm. I, I i compose my list like this <clears throat> number three was the band i was probably listening to the least and number one was i was listening to all the time yeah i, I feel like number one is going to be the one that like i can really talk about and relate to type you know music band you know as of number three and two is like something i got into as a kid or whatever like you know was on mtv and was around dan did you make your list the same um no i took a different approach on that so basically I just did my list from basically when I was like evolving in music. So when I first started, when I was around wow. seven and then basically an eight year span of the nineties, basically when I was like seven or eight. And then when I started getting into other genres, it's basically just like when I got into other, other genres, it's mm-hmm. not like just average bands that I listened to in the nineties. Right. All right. So let's get into it. Number three. All right, my number three is a band that actually started in the 80s, but they didn't get popular until the 90s. And I think they got their first radio hit in the 90s, but when I heard them, I was like blown away, and I had their self-titled album. I'll still rock it today, and it's the one that I probably is the only band on this list that I still listen to quite a bit, and that's Violent Femmes. Hey now, nice. clapping to that. Yeah. Clap. Yes, yes, sir. Good another pick. another great bass player. I kind of see why I went on the yeah. bass to begin with. These bands kind of paint, painting me a picture right now. Um, but Violent mm-hmm. Femmes is a three-piece band, and they, they started in the 80s, man, but they were ahead of the times, man. They were ahead of their time. Nobody really got it until the 90s. Then they blew up in the 90s, and I quite enjoy them a bit, and that's why I picked number three. My violent fems, my violent fems, violent fems, and yeah, the violent fems are were definitely an inspirational band for me too. And the fact that the drummer just played with brushes on a snare drum, you know, and they had so many songs, and they played almost all of them live. Like I swear, I saw them once, and that we were there. I felt like we were there for like three hours. They just kept going. Wow, that's awesome. crazy, man. I, mean, I so never good. got to I see them live. No, me neither. Uh, I saw the House of Blues in Hollywood, man. It was really good. That must have been cool. Uh, very personal. And they, didn't, they didn't even have an opener. They just played. It was great. Well, yeah, if you're going to play for three hours, <laughs> yeah, you don't need exactly. it. <laughs> so cool. Okay, so my my uh, third, my top three would uh, is, is going to be Green Day. 
just oh, because yeah. I was, you know, a, a, an 11 year old boy and I saw something different, you know, just like how kids saw Nirvana. I saw Green Day as this like cool punk rock thing. And I didn't even know what punk rock was. I didn't even know that was, you know, considered mm. punk rock. And they were just so catchy. And, and my ears just tuned right into that sound and look and it felt good. It had an energy that I never felt, you know? So being a kid, it was like, I got really excited and Brandon, I know you did too. Um, yeah. we used to listen to like the Dookie out the, still the, the Dookie album to this day is one of the best produced records I've ever heard. It's a good you album know, for my ears. So definitely green day is, 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 is my three. For sure. You know, Kerplunk, I think is my favorite. And I remember riding around mm-hmm. with Dan and his ex-girlfriend's car and we would blast that album. And, uh, Man, I have such good, pleasant memories of that, and I could I could rock Kerplunk today. Dookie's Dookie's great too, but Kerplunk yeah. is, holds something special in my heart. Yeah, I didn't even think of Green Day, but um, yeah, I, I didn't even get past there. Dookie honestly. Like after Dookie, I, I moved on to other stuff, you know. But you know that record yeah. just yeah. nostalgic to me, so it's going to be in my top three, of course. Yeah, I mean they're definitely one of the bands, um, Gilman Street bands, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. it was. I they were punk rock, but they were kind of their own thing, and then they got big, and then they were kind of known as like sellouts. And you know, if you were mm-hmm. to claim that they were punk rock, you know, you'd get crucified. But their attitude, at least in the beginning, and was definitely punk. And they came from Gilman Street. You know, I mean, they knew mm-hmm. Operation Ivy. They hung out with those dudes. Like, you know, Billy Joe Armstrong and Tim Armstrong wrote songs together. Uh, I think right. Billy Armstrong wrote. Not one of the Operation Ivy songs with them. Yeah. So then, then he toured uh, with them for a while to help them out. After that, I believe they came out with the self-titled record. You know, their their first you know LP. And I think after that, Lars joined the band. So like that was something I didn't know until I was much older. You know, and just researching it out of boredom. That's cool. Yeah, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. That is cool. <clears throat> the Armstrongs hung out together. The Armstrongs hung out, but not related. I actually saw. I saw no, not related. I actually saw a video um, a couple months back. It was Green Day's live uh, live Woodstock. It was their whole set. It's like forty five minutes, and they Aren't covered they naked. No, no, they got mud no. thrown they on them. Mud fight. They, yeah. they had a mud huge mud fight, and they covered uh, Knowledge. Oh yeah, yeah. They used to do that on. Is that was that on Kerplunk or like the ten thousand mm, slap? Yeah, I think happy it was on, hours I think it was on that ten ten thousand slappy hours or whatever. Yeah, they covered my generation on Kerplunk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So. uh Moving on. My number three? All right. My number three is more like my number one. So I took these three bands, like I'd said before, it's like a gap of eight years, and I'm a product of the 80s. So when I first, my brother was a metalhead, and he introduced me to like Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Skid Row, Motley Crue, all these bands, Poison, all these same, all these bands at the same time, and it just blew my mind. But the one that stood out the most and one that I loved would be uh, GNR. That's my first one. You son of a bitch. Oh, Guns N' Roses? Um, Guns N' Roses, baby. That that band literally took me from, you know, I'm on a Mexican radio yeah. to... That goes for all you punks in the press who want to start shit about printing lines <laughs> instead of the things we said. That means you, Tony, Operator, Circus Magazine. Yeah. Uh, yes. Get in the guys, ring. Did, oh my goodness! I, I heard. I'm, I'm surprised my parents let me listen to that. Actually, they probably didn't. I think I snuck into my brother's room and oh. put on his CDs. But I used to just chill in there with them and just want to listen to 
just all that stuff, man. GNR, mm-hmm. Poison. It was just such Dude, a, I was a massive Guns N' Roses fan. Such a, a different like sound for your ears. Yeah. Yeah, man. It just it, it blew absolutely. It blew was me away taboo as a it, child. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. it was taboo. Did sure. you guys know that I met Slash and have a rose tattoo? Do you actually have a rose tattoo? No, that's not true. I'm just singing. No, that's no a, that's effects a no effects song, right? I met Slash. I got a rose tattoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like that too. Man, Guns and Roses, right? Like, I can talk. I can talk for days about. It. Like, I was a huge like obsessive, and I was still like a child. And like, I heard uh, Appetite first, but then when User Illusion came out, I lost my mind. Like, I was yes. like, "This is a huge record. You never heard a production like that before." And like, just the way it sounded, and all the videos that were coming out and just spewing out on MTV, and like another double slash became my idol. I think I started smoking cigarettes because of Son of a Bitch. You know, like. <laughs> I was obsessed and that's, you know, actually slash is the one that really, I went like, mom, I want a guitar, mom. I want a guitar, mom. I want a guitar. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like he, he's the one that started it all for me. For Uh, me, guns and roses was a band that Andy listened to. (laughs) (laughs) Not, I was, was, he was still a hipster when he was a child. It's like, they're too good. (laughs) I know. I, I never had a problem with them and I always thought they were good, but I never bought any records, but I was always, anytime like Andy would play them or have them on, I'd be like, yeah, I like this. And that's how, yeah. that's how I sounded back then. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I like this. And cool. moving on. Number two. My number two is Beck. Oh, I almost did that, dude. I'm not kidding. When I saw loser the video of him just walking around looking like a scumbag with long hair chimpanzees andy picked up guitar and smoking because of slash i grew my hair out because of beck and my hair (laughs) does not grow down my hair grows up because yeah it grows up into the side (laughs) yeah so it's it was i got the name mop top because I went to Simi Valley, which is full of white people. They'd never seen anybody that had Mexican in them. And my hair was very curly and thick. You get tarantula hair, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, that was kind of the initial reason of why I grew it out. And then, like, all the other bands that I listened to, like, it made sense as well to have long hair. But Beck was, like, that Mellow Gold album just, like, Mellow rocked Gold, my socks, dude, man. The, uh, the independence in that record alone um, oh yeah it's really it's really him you know and and a lot of it's done on a four track i believe i want to say some of the stuff he recorded on on just a four track and it's and some, of, then some of it was produced in a, in a in a studio but that's that what it sounds front like to back dude I, I love it yeah yeah i could still listen to it today and dude, pay um, no mind is one of the best songs out there and uh legend has it that he was in a hotel writing songs and there was a billboard that would flip to one side or the other and he's, yeah. and the legend has it is that he would look out his window and if it was on one side, he would stay in all night writing songs. And if it was on the other side, he would go out for inspiration, whether that's true or not. I really kind of like that. And that, that album is just like, uh, it, you listen to it and you go, I think I can make music. I think I could record stuff on my own. And then mm-hmm. you find out you don't have as much talent as mm-hmm. Beck, but it kind of makes you want to grab a four track recorder. And that's why it's my number two. Back. absolutely okay all right well <laughs> maybe we should do a little more research on this because my number two is guns and roses oh um, <laughs> we went there um but that's okay that's we, can, all right. we can still talk because honestly like i was that big guns and roses kid that like wanted had all the posters on my wall and was obsessive and i didn't I, I stopped being obsessive once i was introduced to like old metallica and i was like whoa this is metal you know what i mean 
but I loved the image of it. And still to this day, like I got back into Use Your Illusion. Like the song is strange is like one of the best songs I ever came out with. And it's one of the most unknown because I mean, it played on the radio, but I still listen to that song to this day. Like it, it's beautiful and mm. I love it. And, you know, I got to see him live at, at, a, at a Dodger Stadium and I never got to see him live as a kid. And, you know, I, I, I regretted that. And when I sat there and like watched Live and Let Die, like from the stadium, because like you can go see Guns N' Roses, you want to see him at the stadium. That's a stadium band. Right. I mm-hmm. choked up and got nostalgic. I was like, this is this is it. I finally got to do it. That's you know, cool. right when they re- reunited and Axel was actually singing decently. And like, I was just like, oh, there it is. Wow. Like, How I long just, ago was this? couple years ago when they it was like their third show or whatever after they reunited oh, okay so they played like the troubadour and then they went to vegas and then they came to la and i went and saw them like someone just got me a ticket and i was like oh i guess i'm going to see guns and roses and like we did and it was just awesome that's so cool yeah it was like the one moment and then after that i'm like i don't need to see him again you know so i mean i one of the reasons i got like deeper into music was because of them you know i heard i heard noises that i i never heard before and i wanted to find out how to make them because of Guns N' Roses, honestly. No, that's just how I felt in the 90s as a kid. <laughs> you know? That's how you sounded in the 90s, too. Dan? My, uh, my number two, so like I said, we uh, we went with the, uh, the glam hair metal, and then I went the complete opposite. Um, right when I hit about 10 years old, um, watching MTV, obsessed with MTV from you know childhood, the song came on called Nothing But a G-Thing by dr dre oh snap yeah and that was it i was like what is this and i'm like i don't see one white person in that video but i'm gonna be in there one day i was scared of him when i first saw that video i kind of was i was a little intimidated they were very intimidating and i think that's a lot what drew me to it it was so again the thing with with guns and roses it was so raw it was so Mm -hmm. foreign so taboo it was so bad you shouldn't like this they have parental advisories andy on the cover oh yeah no that was in wa you know but i liked in wa and easy e and all that but one reason why i didn't like dr dre is because they were dogging easy e and i loved easy e as a kid and i was like why are you making fun of my (laughs) my friends well see i got into dre and 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 snoop first and then easy e came after that and i i didn't even know about the whole beef i i didn't even get like that deep into it but that's uh that's my number two I don't know. Um, some people say it wasn't technically real. I mean, I know when Easy E died, Dre was in the hospital with them. Like that's what yeah. I was gonna say. Well, it was. Well, it's they, like selling records. It was dramatized. That's, that's yeah, what they beef were was all about. Ex- exploit to, Yeah. Exactly. And then when the Biggie well, they, Tupac thing happened and beef went too far, like that, it kind of cooled off after that. Like people don't have yeah. beef so much in rap music. I mean, they <clears> still do, but it's like a lot more laid back. That's a fantastic yeah. pick, Dan. Like. Yeah, like absolutely. Like rap in hip hop in the '90s was like, man, did it did it jump from the '80s to the '90s as far as like Dre did it, dude. Dre did it, and Dre did it, and like, yeah, he's just such a talented dude. I mean, not only he took he took hip hop and he he wrote songs with hip hop instead of like a loop. He wrote a he wrote a verse and a chorus and a bridge, you know, and an ending with hip hop beats. You know what I mean? Like he made songs for his artists, you know, and they there's. You know, I'm, everybody who rapped on it, it was probably so easy to do because the songs were so inspirational at that time. Right. I didn't hear anything like that. You know, people in the 90s were rapping to like really over reverbed, like, like Will Smith and like, you know, it wasn't yeah. great. You know, yeah. it wasn't good. Telling like full no, stories, right? Instead of like having <clears throat> it be more of a song structure. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad we got some representation of, of 90s rap in there. Yeah. Why not? 
we all grew up in that era and it got it blew up when we were kids you know like and you, you had no choice but to listen to it and enjoy it whether you accepted it or not you still knew the songs you know what i mean yeah yeah um, like I was a total Hesher when that came out, but I still knew everything. And then eventually started liking it because it was good. Yeah. I don't want to see a world where Dr. Dre didn't exist on that <clears> mo- <throat> note. Moving on. Number one, my number one is probably no surprise to Andy because he was around me in the nineties. I'm, I'm going to let you try to guess Andy. I'm going to go with operation Ivy, but that's not, that's not nineties. I mean, we were listening to them in the nineties, so no effects. Or I don't, Nirvana. Yes, it's Nirvana. I don't oh, okay, think I actually okay. got into. No, I got into punk rock around '98. But but right. yeah, but Nirvana okay. was like it for me. I'd never heard yeah. a sound like that before. It was like commercial punk rock. You know, mm-hmm, it was like mm-hmm. I'd heard punk bands. Like my brother raised me with punk bands, but it was like Black Flag records. You know, where like. Right like there were i liked it but it wasn't but there was no it wasn't a good produced sound so it was like it was like hearing punk rock and with a new set of ears so there was like it was punk rock too it, i yeah. mean it was part of the grunge scene but you know nirvana was a punk band you know that's that was what they considered themselves that style yeah yeah of course and i man i had all their albums and i it wasn't very many but I listened to him and when the dude offed himself man it crushed me and i remember you called you called me you called me as a child. You called me right. I'm, I'm sitting there watching the news and Kurt Loader's up there and I'm like, Oh, and then I, my phone rings, I pick it up and you're like, Kurt Cobain killed himself. I'm going to kill myself too. I'm like, don't you're like, okay. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> okay. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm not. But I like, was you were like, yeah, it happened bomb. when I was young and I didn't understand it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't think yeah. people did that. Like that was never understood to me. Like mm-hmm. I thought death came accidentally, not by your own hand. So I was like very confused, but also yeah, like also, felt like music died that day to me, you know, and that day, child. all they did was that. play like Nirvana stuff, their unplugged stuff, mm-hmm. their, their mm-hmm. live stuff, their view videos. And I just sat on my chair watching it all day long mm-hmm. in awe, you know? Wow. Yeah. I mean, now I, I could still listen to them, but I find myself kind of the opposite of what I was doing, what I was saying with uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Now I find myself listening to their deep cuts and being like, man, almost uh, almost 100% of their albums could have got radio play, in my opinion. Yeah, Incesticide. Insecticide. Insecticide? Incesticide, That's I think. still my favorite record that to this day. And it's just a bunch of random recordings, I believe, or B-sides, but it's yeah. just so good because it just, it almost doesn't sound like them sometimes, you know? Yeah. So that always surprised me as a kid. And I think that's what excited me, but they changed a lot. They changed everything. They ruined hair metal. You know what I mean? They, no, it's <laughs> yeah, true. Like, yeah, like you can hear the, like, a lot of documentaries out there and they're like, you know, whether it's Motley Crue, whatever, like, blah, 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 blah. And then Nirvana came out, Yeah, you know, and it just, impacted the whole music industry that whole seattle grunge scene ruined a lot like dude came down like a meteorite and just been like this is music now moving on you know Um, they were representing the little guy train behind them they're representing the little guy that never got represented you know and now like correctly you know right yeah yeah. and kind of paved the way for punk bands to get bigger too absolutely paved the way for for like even a lot of post stuff and and people that were trying to express themselves in an alternative way and you know it, people go oh god i can scream like that and i'm gonna be okay with it people are gonna be okay with it now you know it's, i don't know express people to be like oh i can pick up a guitar and try that you know like if they can do it why you know and then that was the whole thing of punk rock was like you know and then you hear them on the classic rock station and go what 
Yeah, dude, dude, out here, KLOS. I feel old. Yeah, you, uh, yeah, yeah. It's they're on oldies now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's crazy. So I want to I want to rant about that just for a second. Classic Go rock to me is an era of music, not like just like oldies is not, not something not the that's word. old. Yeah, it's like oldies is like Motown and like sixties music. And and classic yeah, rock is like seventies music. Like you can't just like keep seventies cl- keep going. 80s okay, too, but like eighties rock. Yeah. yeah, you can't just keep yeah. going. Like, all right, well now these bands are old, so now they're classic rock. They're classic and they're rock. Right, now they're but classic right. rock is a genre. Like that's that's how I feel about it anyway. I felt I, f- I feel a hundred percent that way too. And every time I'm on there, I'm like, this isn't classic rock. Yes, they should just have a '90s station. Then this is yes, '90s, exactly. Like, keep it 90s, yeah. '90s rock or, what, or alternative or grunge. Like just keep it that way. It's not classic rock. That's what they do with the '80s. The '80s has its own station. What were the Rolling Stones? Rolling Stones were rock. Uh, you know, the Beatles were rock. You know, Led Zeppelin was rock. Like that's what you called it. It's a rock band. Yeah. So grunge was grunge, punk rock was punk rock, and like '90s was an era. It wasn't classic rock. You know, like, alternative, I guess. Too alternative yeah alt rock whatever you want to call it you know these days but no i agree with you on that and thanks for thanks for that rant because it needs to be discussed and i'm glad i'm not alone on that you know you're welcome true brandon kareth 101 um when i was growing up it was all beatles Mm -hmm. rolling stones the animals um the tubes you know just like bands like that everything that wrecking crew did you know yeah yeah. now now you go on there and you're hearing like bob seeger and like (laughs) late like early 80s late 70s stuff yeah this is Def leopard this is not oldies (laughs) this is not oldies so if that's oldies what's classic rock you know it's it's so it's so weird man they're trying to move with the times but it doesn't work does oldies at least with my age oldies for me is you know the beatles 1960s style music Absolutely. stuff like that yeah, you know yeah. classic rock is 70s early it, was, it was like rock and roll like you know what i mean like diner yes. music you know what i mean yeah. like like 50s 60s yeah, yeah it's 70s all was classic in the, in the early 80s it's all rock right it's all rock but like the classic rock or the oldies defines what era they're from and then if that's you keep true. changing that that's going to get confusing anyway okay yeah what's your number one Moving on. All right. Well, it's going to have to be this one because it's, it's going to be an obvious one for me too. You guys know me all too well, but when I was a kid, I went into my sister's room and I found a tape and the tape was Cindy Lauper. With a condom on it. And, and it said it had like a Trojan thing. And I was like, what? I couldn't read it. I'm like, is this Nox? Like I can't pronounce. I was getting mad. I was like Nox. Like what the fuck? <laughs> You're getting I don't bad. understand it. And like I popped it in the tape deck, and I was like, "What is this fast? And why is his nose plugged?" Like it was so fast, and like, but the guitar riffs were awesome. And I just immediately sat there, and I did not leave my sister's room until she came in and said, "Get out!" And I'm like, "Can I take the tape?" She's like, "No." And I'm like, "Ugh!" And I never got that tape until like way later. And I, I, and one day I saw like someone with a hat, and I was, I was like, "Nah, because you know," and they're like, "It's no effects." <laughs> why is his nose plugged so mind blown <laughs> so ribbed was that record and that still nostalgically sticks with me to this day i probably blasted at least every six months you know like, wait your sister like, yeah, had that yeah I, I, I think like one of her friends gave it to her and she, she, she always liked no effects she oh, still okay. does to this day like she's the one that like she was when i first started listening she's like listen to listen to rib i love that song bob you know like and all that stuff so, like she she got she had a so she had ribbed and she had uh, white trash two heaps and a bean eventually, and she she uh, got me into white trash two heaps and a bean as well. Yeah, that's so what I, Bob's off of. Yeah, Bob. That's what I meant. I just yeah. said rib because I was still thinking about rib. But 
yeah and then like i you know of course bought like i heard they suck live and that just kind of gave you a nutshell of what no effects was and then i bought the records from there i'm like oh cool this one has beer bong oh cool this one has linoleum you know like yeah i was yeah. obsessed with them and, and like i wanted to play like that i wanted to be in a band like i wanted to be in a band with my friends because they sounded like they were just really good friends and having a good time and like it felt you know it sounded like it felt right to them and like that's when you know when i came back from colorado with you guys i'm like let's be the best friends ever and start a band you know like it was that coolest music i've ever heard you know and until i started you know growing into other stuff but that's definitely the top one is no effects yeah and your guys's changed first, everything for me your guys's first band definitely had a no effects sound to it like i mean it was the era it was the yeah. late 90s you know when i joined when we formed a different band we we went in a different direction i think we had our own thing going on but that's what like made me i I listened to your guys's record and was like oh this kind of sounds like no effects i like that but Mm -hmm. i think ribbed is to this day my favorite record yeah it's still mine it's so jammy man they're so like yeah so these little changes in the songs that just make it and uh, i've told you this before andy but listening to it like the cadence of fat Mike singing reminds me of bad religion mm-hmm. and like i and i never okay. like put those two together until i like kind of oh. recently listened to ribbed so i gotta say the the book the hepatitis bathtub right he actually talks about it um during the recording of that i believe suffer came out and the producer at the time was like we got to get some vocals on this and background vocals and you think about the records before that they didn't really have a lot of long harmony vocals mm-hmm. and he was like no i don't want to sound like bad religion He's like, Bad Religion already did that. I can't do that. And like, he still to this day was like, we totally knocked off Bad Religion. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, there's that. That song, Gonna Herpes Syphilades. Gonna Herpes Syphilades. Yeah. yeah. Like that is the song to me where like, I'm like, cause I, I listened to it back to back, like Bad Religion. Mm-hmm. And then that song came mm-hmm. on and I was like, oh man, the cadence in which he's singing is very bad religious, bad yeah. religious, yeah. <laughs> bad, bad religious, <laughs> bad religion. Bad religion-y. And whether, like the bad religious, whether was, anybody else uses that, whether it was conscious or unconscious of him, like I could kind of hear his inspiration in it. And I'm not like saying that that's a bad thing. I'm saying it's a good thing. Cause I no. like bad religion a lot too, but no offense. Yeah, he got to, inspired by them. You know, that's still his, his, it's his favorite band to this day. You know, he'll tell you that. No effects so. is great, man. I, I really like no effects. They were, they were <laughs> like a huge staple in our lives and our music Absolutely. endeavors. It was our era. It was our, that was our music to shine. You know what I mean? Uh, that's what got me motivated. And, you know, apart from like the descendants and stuff like that, but like, no, the, as far as like modern, like nineties stuff went, and I know no effects started in the early eighties, but they became something in the nineties. And yeah, as far as that, like era of punk rock went, yeah, no effects takes the cake. All right. Um, so the only thing that could pull me out of hip hop would be punk rock. And when I got uh. into punk rock, Jeff and I in middle school or um, elementary school were dabbling a little bit in, in I wasn't, I wasn't all about it. He, he had, he was like showing me like Pennywise and a few other bands and stuff. And I, I really just couldn't dig it. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one band that brought me out of it was no effects. So. Ah, yes. <laughs> so I came back with the rebound, you know what I mean? You like you got rebound. guns and roses. I got guns and roses. Yeah. I got no um, effects. <laughs> but I mean, here's what everybody has to understand is how big of no effects fans we were. Mm-hmm. Brandon, you, you and I liked no effects so much. We had three girls over. <laughs> at your house at stands that were that were going to a party at the playboy mansion so now you can imagine like how attractive they were 
And mm-hmm. how'd you get him over there? Good. Uh, it's a weird all story. And I wanted, all weird Brandon story. and I wanted to do was sit there and drink beer and watch the no effects DVD. Their documentary. 10 years of fucking up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we we could have cared less. And the girls are like, wow. oh, we're leaving. We're like, okay, bye. We're, See you we're later. watching our video. We're watching. Drink, we're, yeah. Drinking paps. We didn't want to watch our idols. We didn't bring them over. A, a friend of ours that we were hanging out with somehow managed it. I think he called them or something and they came over and I, God, we got so pretty so uncomfortable and then we put on the videotape and we sat like Indian style in front of the television, like little kids, like staring at <laughs> Do you have cereal. We looked like the kids we in might Target, as well. that, like where there used to have like TVs and the kids would sit in Target, like, and like yeah. sit there and watch it while their parents were going around shopping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was me, yeah. Brandon. Uh, I missed it, man. And I, I, and they I always were, hate it when I miss out on these stories. I always wanted to be a part. I'm like, where the heck was I? I was around, but whenever I wasn't, you guys were doing the awesomest things, like hanging out with girls <laughs> that were going to the Playboy Man. You were probably I'd about, and we'd be bored. You're probably about eight miles away from us. You had a girlfriend. Yeah. We didn't. I did have a girlfriend. That's probably you know what? what set us apart. Like, yeah. you know what, Brandon, that, that night started off with a bang. I mean, that was a good story right there, but that whole night, do you remember that night? Yes. We ended up going to, I mean, it's way too long to tell. We could be here all night telling that story, but that was when we met that, uh, who was that guy, Mike or something. He was driving us around to different parties. And then we found those girls that live next to that cemetery. Yes. We ended up partying out there. That was that night, right? Yes. And they stole his car. <laughs> they stole that, his car. Yes, yeah. Those girls. These, these yeah, chicks some, are hip. Yeah. These weren't Jeez. the same girls that came over that they went to a, the, a, a party at the Playboy Mansion. It was different girls. We met at a gas station. Weird night. But it was the, actually the first Weird. night I came back into town and I called up Dan and he came over and we went through all this and no effects was there. Right on the television, <laughs> we were ignoring some pretty attractive girls that we guys already didn't have a chance DVD with anyway. Probably, oh know? my goodness, we had already watched it a handful of times. Yeah, it's not like we were missing anything. You, it was de- a, you definitely missed something because you didn't go to the Playboy Mansion with a bunch of hot chicks. I don't think we were invited, right. and it was a VHS no, tape. Actually, you could have got, you could have gone, could have figured it out. There's no you way. You probably couldn't have because you were under eighteen. Yeah, and like yeah. we would have been like, no, nah, we're watching this VHS tape. So can you go? Yeah. <laughs> Do you mind? <laughs> Is there a no effects tape at the Playboy Mansion? Yeah. Can we bring our DVD? <laughs> can we bring our DVD? It was a it was VHS, VHS tape. Baby. It was a, can we bring our tape? <laughs> we loved no effects, all three of us. So I think that's really cool that like, you know, we picked the same thing. Yeah. There was such a big so part easy of to, our band. Still to this day, I, I, I follow Fat Mike on Instagram and I, I check up YouTube stuff. Like the dude's awesome now. And like he's, the person he's become, like he's so successful and people say, oh, you sold out. I'm like, they didn't sell out. They just did what they did. You know what I mean? They were big because they were good. Hey, And they changed the, the era. Hey. I'm going to quote Mike Watt once again. He majored in punk rock. And it paid exactly. off. Exactly, you know, and dude. And he, so, it, did, it, so did Fat Mike. That's what I'm saying. Off. And like, even even Fat Mike, like, got to express his his sexual beliefs, you know, because he was so successful and, and happy with who he was, you know, and you know, he became this like dude that was really into, you know, BDSM. Yeah, you know? and look, here's um, the thing: I'm not into that kind of thing. <laughs> However, I do believe in normalizing taboos so people don't Absolutely. look at people that are into things and call them freaks. Because like, yeah, and if, and not if anybody did it right, it was him. And yeah. like, there was an interview I, I was watching once where, where someone asked him, like, you know, if you could be anywhere in the world, where would you be? He was like, in my dungeon, dungeon in the basement of my house. You know, he's yeah. like, my wife puts me in a cage, and like, I think he was like, she gags me, sticks something up my ass, and like whips me. He's like, I'm the happiest person in the world. Like, where else would I want to be? 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But just full honesty of that. Like, why? Like, I don't, when I can have that to openly say that with and no, no shame, you know what I mean? No embarrassment. He wears dresses on stage now because they feel good. You know what I mean? He wears There's women's underwear, underwear because yeah. they feel good. Like, and he likes the way he looks in him. No matter what, he doesn't, you know, he's not the prettiest dude in the world either. So like, you can be that brave and, and, and feel comfortable with yourself and not be ashamed of what your friends think or anything. And you can see that you're still loved. Like he's the perfect example of it. Like, you know, if you're, if you're an awesome person, you're an awesome person regardless. And you know, he's, he's such a musical genius. Like who would care about that? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. You can do whatever you want. You're writing great songs, you know, or you're just an awesome person. If you were a terrible person, it'd kind of be a little weird. It's true. You're like, Oh, of course. You know no, what I mean? Like, <laughs> no effect should probably be on my list. But when I think of the '90s, I don't think of the late '90s. I feel like when I think back on the late right. '90s, it feels like the 2000s. And like I, I you know, I forgot that I got into No Effects definitely in the '90s because it was before I graduated high school. Uh, that yeah, should be on my list. 90s, but yeah, um, but oh. that's the thing too with that with that tape. It stuck with me, and I didn't get to listen to it again. And then when I found out who they were called, like I was always like, where I can find that tape? I'd go to like the warehouse and like look for it. I didn't know what I was looking for though. Oh, you know? just like, looking for a cover and not knowing the yeah, name. Yeah, like because I, I didn't couldn't even remember what it was until I saw the logo. Like again, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 and you know, it took me forever, and I got so excited when I heard him. I was like, oh yeah, I like this. I remember liking this so much. You know, um, I don't know something that I, I attached to. All right. Yeah. On that note, that will do it for us. Um, if you want to get a hold of us at, for any reason. You can email us at steady diet of music podcast at gmail.com. All right. We will actually be back next week because two weeks from now will be Christmas Day. So, in one week, we're going to give to you our top three favorite Christmas songs and some other goodies. So, stay tuned for that. But until then, remember it doesn't suck. You just just don't don't like it. it. Steady Diet of Music is a production of Pod Cauldron. Check out some other great podcasts on the Pod Cauldron Network, including Rabble Rabble Rabble, a comedic look at current events, and Cards and Cubes, a show about board games that you didn't grow up playing, and Bub Club, a horror movie podcast. Thanks for listening.